Hello, 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 Power Kids, and welcome to another Power Kid podcast. Guys, every episode, it is my honor, privilege, and joy to bring you great conversations with great people from all over the world making great things for kids. I am your host, Phil Albritton, and I am super excited about our show today. I have Tom Delaney on the line. Let me introduce you to Tom. Tom is a veteran of the toy industry with a background that includes time at Mattel, Disney, Jack Pacific, and founding Homegrown Kids. Today, he is the executive vice president of Mukikim Toys, well known for their classic play products and innovation with 14 lines that include Rock and Roll It Piano and the Spy X brand. Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you, Phil. It's great to be here. It's always fun to talk with great toy people, Tom, and you've got this excellent, excellent background. And I'm really excited to dive into some of the brands that that you are responsible for and uh, and some of those key play patterns, because I think you guys are just excellent at choosing product. But I want to go back in time as I do. First question, how did you come to be involved in the toy industry to begin with? Well, you know, first, you know, I've been lucky in my career because I've worked on some great brands, everything from Hot Wheels to Hannah Montana to Disney Princesses, NASCAR, Hello Kitty, probably every category within the toy industry. Uh, The funny thing is, I I really fell into the industry because when I moved to California, um, my neighbor worked for Mattel's ad agency, Foot Conan Belding. And she mentioned that they were hiring. And, you know, I was I was so excited because I was interviewing with Hot Wheels with Tim Kilpin. Mm, Yes. You know, so exciting to work the potential to work for a brand that you grew up with playing as a kid and that you loved. 100 percent. Tim has been on the show and is a good friend of the show. Um, Yeah. So talk to me about that uh, first kind of introduction into this into the toy industry in a really big way. Mattel, massive corporation, obviously they're hiring. You're excited about the Hot Wheels brand. Um, What are they asking you early on? What are those interactions like? What are those first interviews? Well, you know, a lot of it, and I still use this today, and and Tim asked me this question. He gave me a toy, and um, he said, okay, sell me this toy. (laughs) And it kind of (laughs) And so I looked at it and and played with it. And and really what it is is when you're selling to the trade, you have to get them in the mindset of being a kid. And it's, it's telling them, you know, not only about prices and features and benefits, but really connecting to being a kid again and, and the fun, the play of the toys. That's right. That's the, that's the old classic. Sell me this pin, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but sell me this toy, which, which is much, much more fun. Do you remember what toy it, it was that he handed you? Yeah. Tim had actually handed me over this line of vehicles called attack pack. And uh, they were vehicles that transformed into beasts. And the tagline was actually unleash the beast. And, um, you know, he put these toys in front of me and he said, Tom, okay, sell me these toys. And it was just a fantastic start where you can really be a kid again and, and be able to communicate the features and benefits 
So you can actually sell into buyers and, and bring out their inner kid as well. That's great. Unleash the beast. You got these this car. It's an unassuming car or truck here. It pops open. Uh, I'm seeing a rattlesnake and a tiger. Um, what fun. You know, that that's exactly the kind of response that you're going for when we're talking to toy people and toy buyers. I always see it in their eye. If, if, if I know they're enjoying the presentation, uh, you can always see it in their eyes. They light up. They, it, something pops and clicks and connects with them. And it's like, oh, I get it. I get it. This fun. That's a really interesting way to put it, that you that you need to put them in the mindset of being a kid. And, and frankly, Tom, that is not easy for adults in, in today's era, is it? it? It's hard for us to kind of get ourselves back into that, that, that mind of play, that childish way of thinking, isn't it? That, that's right. In, in a lot of days, a lot of times today, it's all about the numbers and how it's doing online and, you know, um, what are sales? What is distribution? And we, we forget a lot of times about, is it a good toy? Hmm. And at the end of the day, products is king. And yes, you've got to have the right price point and the right timing and license, but is it a fun toy? That is a, that's a really great way of looking at it. I want to talk about your, the company that you founded, Homegrown Kids. Uh, tell us about that phase of your career. What did you learn building that from the ground up? Um, and then maybe what did you learn from uh, Mattel that you used in that process? Yeah, well, it was it was funny. I was at Disney in the consumer products division, and, and that was exciting. And at Disney truly is magical. But what I missed at the end of the day was product. Mm. And at the same time, I was having kids and, and spending time with my kids. I just had all this ideas for products and inspiration for products. So I started Homegrown Kids. And really what I focused on was, you know, products that make life a little bit easier and a lot more fun. So by spending time with my kids, whether bath time, meal time, play time, came up with products, again, for kids and for parents making life a little bit easier, a lot more fun. And, you know, what I learned from, from Mattel in the days was, you know, really deliver on those key play patterns. Um, don't overdevelop, overdevelop, but develop on those key play patterns. And that could be whether it's construction play or activity play and deliver on those. And also don't overdevelop your product. And I think a lot of manufacturers do that today because when you're communicating your features, you only have time to communicate maybe three. And that could be whether it's on your advertising, on your package. So you wanna make sure that you focus on that. Um, also trusting your creative team. And I learned that early on in, in my career in Mattel, I thought I was this you know, guy coming out of graduate school and I also had an art major with me. So I thought I knew everything, but at the end of the day, <laughs> trust your creative team. And it's funny too, so when I started, it was, it was almost like I was starting and developing this work at home ethic because I worked at home, you know, I was focusing with my kids and my team was across the world. So I had a design firm on the East Coast. I had factories in China. I had developers in Asia and I truly had everybody all over the country and I worked virtually and it was kind of, you know, kind of situation we're at today, but 20 years ago. <laughs> you you were work at home before work at home was cool. Um, exactly. <laughs> which, which you're exactly right. And especially with creatives, I think you find the right creatives, uh, the individuals, the teams. 
I think you get better work sometimes if you allow them to be in their own environment and and process through the project and, and think about what they're building and do that in a place that's comfortable for them. It takes a special type of person, but boy, you find those people and you can really create some great things, can't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's about to, you know, giving them the the objectives and who your audience is and kind of the framework for everything. And then, as I say, let them do what they do best and be creative. That's it. Now, you mentioned as part of your product philosophy, making life a little easier and, and also introducing fun. I think fun is something that sort of comes naturally for the for toy folks. We've been in the industry a while. We understand what's fun. We understand what sparks fun in a product. Making life easier is something that we don't get to do with necessarily every product. But when we do, I think we can find massive success. Talk about innovation in the toy industry that makes life a little easier. What kind of things are you looking for? Is it making life easier for the child, maybe for the parent, uh, maybe for a, a particular event like bath time, for example? What does it mean to make a toy that makes life easier? You know, when I look at it, it all depends because there's there's a lot of different things. You can make it life easier for the parents. So, you know, one thing I developed was a toy taco, which was a play mat where it was easy for parents and kids to clean up after themselves because basically the play mat folded up like a taco and it was ready to go. So easy cleanup. Also, you look at things that how can you make it easier for parents and kids to spend time together, that quality time? things like that, um, how to make it easier for kids to learn in a fun way. So there's a lot of different aspects of how you make things easier and fun in all our aspects in life. That's a really interesting point, making it easier for kids and adults to spend time together. I, I love the way you phrase that. I think when we think about innovation, we think about making life easier. You know, my head kind of goes to those as seen on TV commercials where it's like, oh, now I can now I can julienne fries or I can chop smoothies, you know, in, in, in two seconds rather than four seconds. This is this is fantastic. But thinking about easier in in the context of. Oh, it's easy for mom and dad and, and children to sit down together and enjoy this product. Um, boy, that is a really, really interesting and, and key uh, area. I, I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up. Oh, thanks. Yeah, and I, and I think that's how I look at toys today, too, in, in different categories. For example, games. You look at a game that's really easy and quick to understand, that doesn't have a lot of rules, doesn't have a lot of instructions, where you can just open the box and start playing Yep. Yep. I wanted to talk to you about your time at Jax. Um, you mentioned that part of your responsibility there was to help to train the staff that was under you. And, and I'm wondering in the context of of that uh, of that role, what did you do to train your staff? What conversations are you having? I just want to pull back the curtain for folks listening. Maybe they haven't been involved in the toy industry. But when we talk about training up the next generation of toy designers or toy salesmen or toy marketers, what kind of conversations are we having? Um, some of the conversations that I've had with them, and, and a lot of times, you know, they're new to the industry and they're younger. So I always tell them, you know, think strategically, but execute creatively. So you're thinking, you know, over when you're developing a line plan, how does this plan develop over three years? 
but let's not use a cookie cutter template. Let's think creatively how we execute against that. Also, I would always tell my, my group too: don't fall in love with your product. And, you know, <laughs> while we all strive to make great products and everybody thinks it's the great, the greatest, you know, at the end of the day, you're here to make money and be profitable. So you've got to realize that and, you know, don't fall on a sword for a product that may not be something that's going to be the next big thing. Yeah, it really is a balancing act, isn't it? It's not your baby, but you want to manage it and take care of it almost like it was your baby. So right. it's, a, it's a balancing act. It really is. Um, another thing, too, I, and I always love this, you know, training my staff is, you know, I like I like them to think for themselves. So before they ask any questions, I like them to think of the answers. Mm. So I could sit there, they could ask me a question and it's easy for me to tell them what to do or how to answer their question. But part of their training, I want them to think about it. What would I answer or what do they think is, is the correct answer? Whether it's right or wrong, it's part of, part of the process where they're thinking for themselves. Wow. Wow. I think that's something we could all learn from. I find in the world of innovation and Google searches and now even AI that we just don't spend the time sometimes that's needed to think through a problem, to use our own faculties, our own capacity to think through the questions that we have. And boy, that that hits on a really big topic, Tom. And, and again, I'm glad you brought it up. The ability to think through your own question and then listen to others and what others have to say and learn from that. Yeah, let's spin off on that for a second, because I, I just think in, in the future, it's going to be very important for the human race even to focus on thinking for themselves more than maybe we do right now. And, and really, I, I think challenging our teammates to think for themselves because it's, you know, it's always easier and faster to give them the answer yeah and just do it. But it takes a lot of patience to let them think for themselves, but then also challenge your team and don't always think you have the right answer. Ask other people the questions because, you know, some of the greatest ideas come from anywhere. So I still, to this day, after 25 years in the business, I ask other people for their opinions um, because everybody has some great ideas. Yep. Everybody's got a different perspective and you're exactly right. Great ideas can come from any direction. I've seen it time and time again in, in my career. I want to talk about toy marketing in general, and then we'll get into um, specifically the work that you do today. You've been in the industry a long time, and I love to talk to industry veterans about how toy marketing has changed what trends they've seen shift, what trends that we should be mindful of right now, how to get the product and the ideas of these products into the hands and heads of our customers. It's a very different question than it was, say, even 10 years ago. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, back in the day, you'd shoot a commercial and you put it on TV and, and that was it. Now it's really about, you know, what is the entertainment behind it? Um, you know, who are the social media influencers behind it? Um, you know, where are you going to it's almost you've got to touch all your consumers at all the touch points at where they're at throughout the day. And those are many touch points. But really, you know, the objectives are the same at the end of the day. It's, you know, building that awareness and driving sales. It's just a different method on how you do that. 
Yeah. Any tips on on how to deal with that fragmented media environment? Because you're exactly right. It used to be if you wanted to go on TV, it's Disney Channel, Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, blast it on those channels and you're going to reach the kids. And now it's a hundred different <laughs> social media oh, channels and, and different ways of thinking about it. And do you build an entertainment brand around this product? How do you think through early stage when you're looking at a new product? How are you thinking about marketing that product? Well, you know, Phil, I'm still learning after 25 years. And, and I yeah. think <laughs> part of that thing is we, we have to continue to learn because the old ways don't work anymore. Um, so I'm always learning from from individuals, all the new different creative ways. And when it comes down to it, you really have to know your your objectives and your target audience. You know, who are you marketing this to? Is it to moms? Is it to kids, boys, girls, what ages? And then really find those communication vehicles that are going to target them best based on your budget. And, and you know, for smaller companies, that's key because we work with very limited budgets. So where do we get the most bang for the buck? That's right. That's right. Well, and that is that is the benefit of today's social media landscape and, and media landscape that maybe it wasn't um, years ago is that there is a potential for a very uh, a low budget marketing execution to go viral, to, to really hit and to take off and to have an organic growth. Um, and so that's that's very exciting when when that happens. All right. So, Tom, let's talk about Mukikim Toys. I love the brands that you cover, that you're responsible for. What makes you unique? What are some of your top sellers today? What are you excited about? Right. Well, you know, there's there's a lot of great toy companies out there and they develop some great product. And what we try to do is deliver on creativity, innovation and fun and look at new ways to play. So we do that. And then we also focus on the retailers as well. So, you know, what makes merchandising easier for them through packaging, through pricing, through demos to help them sell through as well. Um, so really, it's, you know, it's, it's creativity, innovation, fun, newness, new ways to play. So we're almost like David to Goliath in the toy industry where we're going <laughs> out there. And, and it's fun, though. It's an exciting way. Uh, some of our top sellers, um, what we're doing is we're building brands, so pillars for the company. So our brands include the Rock and Roll It uh, flexible music line with our Rainbow Piano and Co-Drum, where it really teaches kids how to play by notes and by colors, and it's, it's a great seller. Our SpyX line is a line of aspirational, inspirational spy gear. And it's role play, capitalizing on the spy trend that's out there. You look at Mission Impossible that is setting records. Spy Kids is going to be reboot this fall. Mm. Uh, a lot of, you know, spy is trending out there. And it's great because it's indoor, outdoor play. It's gender neutral. Um, we've got a great line of, of robots from line tracers to talkbacks to soccer robots. We've got outdoor games with Wicked. And then I'm most excited about our new games that are coming out this fall. 
Fantastic. We want to dive into those games. But but before we do, I want to ask you a question, some questions about these core play patterns, because when, when I see your product line, what I see are products that at some point in almost every child's life, they're going to want these products at some point in every child's life. That child sits down and says, oh, I like piano. I like music. I like the ability to create and play with music. And so you've got rock and roll it piano. At some point, I think in every kid's life, they're intrigued by the idea of spying and sneaking and sending secret messages and notes. And so you hit that as well. Um, I think a point in every child's life they get to and they're intrigued by robots. And this, like you said, this is gender neutral. I was so enthused that my 11 year old daughter is intrigued now by the spy world, right? Sneaking around, recording things, looking around the corner, sending secret messages. Uh, She's all in. We've got a lot of your product uh, around right now. And it's just so great to see the kids go through those stages. But what I think is behind that, Tom, and, and, and please speak to this, is is your ability to pick products that will be on trend with a child at some point in their in their growing up years. Am I right about that? Yeah, we we do, and and what we try to do, and everybody tries to really you know create products that are cradle to grave. And with our rock and roll line, what I say is we're doing products that are grow to pro. So we've got, we're introducing this fall, a rock and roll it uh, piano and drum duo. And that's for infant preschool kids, age three plus, where we've combined a drum and a piano together with bright colors. So they can play by notes or colors and it's flexible where they can take it anywhere, play it anywhere. It has a great soft tactile feel to it for younger hands. And then we have products all the way up to a studio piano where professional pianists can actually use this and it has input and output and recording and playback and MIDI capability. So really we've developed a line where we get them in young and they can use it throughout their adulthood. So good. And, and you've thought about all of the the various age grades and how you can expand that brand and, and really travel musically through their growing up years. Oh yeah, Phil. So that kind of brings back a point, you know, we talked about earlier is, is making parents and kids lives easier. So if you look at our rock and roll line, it's a flexible line of instruments where they can play it anywhere. They can take it anywhere so they can play it at home. They can take it on trips. It's just easy and it makes it easier and fun for both parents and kids. Take that musical experience with you. It's easy to clean if you need to. A lot of benefits to that product. I just, I just love it. Uh, so certainly let's talk about the, your games and, and some of the new things coming out of your game division as well. Yeah, so I, so I started at Mookie Kim about a year ago, and, and one of the first things I, I did was reach out to the inventor community. Because as we know, you know, how we increase sales in the toy industry is newness and innovation. So I went out there and reached out to a lot of uh, inventors, and we found this one item which we love, and it's called Drench Soda Game. And it's destined to be the ni- next pie face out there. And it's, it's basically a multiplayer game where – You shake this can that looks like a soda can. You shake the can and you pull the tab and you don't know if you're going to get sprayed or not. And it's it's really a fun and exciting game. And it's all about the details. Um, It goes from the can looks like a soda can with the instructions on it, the nutritional facts. Um, (laughs) We say replay 
And the dice actually look like ice cubes where you roll the dice and it tells you what action to take, keep your turn, pass your turn, skip your turn, and how many times to shake the can. So it's really a fun and exciting game for kids 8 to 80. Wow. Drench Soda Games, guys, be on the lookout. Uh, yeah, Tom, and, and so excited to hear uh, that you're, you know, you're reaching out to the, the inventor community. We've got a lot of inventors that listen to this show and so really excited to connect everyone there. It's such a fun, again, such a fun play pattern, the anticipation, the surprise, uh, for the, the drench soda game, you just don't know what's going to happen right on, on your turn. Uh, and I'm sure there was some innovation in that mechanism that had to happen, too. So can you talk a little bit about that or is that proprietary? Uh, a little a little proprietary. But what I can say is it's really about the details. So we spent a lot of times on the details of what the can looks like the features of the can, the spray features on the can. So it's really about all those great details that that come together at the end. And then two, what we're doing is, you know, we're developing brands and not items. So we actually see this Drench Soda game to be a brand and continue on for three to five to, you know, years beyond that as well. We'll look forward to that. Uh, Tom, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you for coming on and taking the time. How can people reach out to you, find out more about Drench Soda Game and all of your excellent product lines? How would you like them to connect with you or to Mookikim? Well, they can connect to us directly. Go on our website at mookikim.com or they can email us at info at Amazing. Tom, again, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a blast. I I, I love to hear from industry veterans. I I think you've just laid out some great ideas for us to think about. Guys, rewind, re-listen to this show. I think you're going to want to do that. Uh, Make products that make life easier, make life fun. Product is king. Uh, And put your buyers in the mindset of being a kid. Super, super important from beginning to end. Tom, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Phil, thank you. It's been a pleasure for me. Thanks for having me on. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds great. Thank you for tuning in to the Power Kid podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Leave five stars and a written review as this helps us connect with more listeners just like you. Once you're subscribed, you'll be able to check out the other shows from Adventure Media and Events. And a big thank you to them. They are the publishers of The Toy Book, The Toy Insider, and The Pop Insider. We've got you covered on all toy industry news and events. This show is produced by Power Kid Design and Development. We are a full-service toy and game development studio serving the industry for more than 20 years. We provide illustration, branding, packaging, sculpting, prototyping, consulting, and much more. Check out PowerKidDesign.com or email me at Phil at PowerKidDesign.com. Now go out and make something great. And remember, you are creative because you were created. God bless, and I'll see you next episode.